Want the bank named Gambit's best local financial institution for 2016? Then you want Whitney Bank, with nearly 200 locations across the Gulf South. So stop by today. Learn more at HancockWhitney.com. Member FDIC. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. Additional support comes from Luba Workers' Comp. From Commander's Palace Restaurant in the Garden District in New Orleans, we're out to lunch with Peter Raschuti. Peter Raschuti is Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and director of the award-winning Birkenrode Reports. It's business, New Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch. If you rely on a digital calendar, you're part of a worldwide congregation of people who have missed meetings, dinners, flights, coffee dates, and birthdays, all because of a calendar screw-up of one type or another. The calendar on your desktop failed to sync with your phone. The calendar invite from your colleagues somehow got put on the wrong day. You're on Windows and Android and your spouse is a Mac user. There are an endless number of ways you could find yourself staring at your phone calendar and cursing. New Orleans entrepreneur Richard Carthon might be the savior of the calendar crisis of the 21st century. Richard is the creator of a new app called Follow My Cal. Follow My Cal claims to solve all the curse-inducing snafus and return digital calendar users to the era of paper, where you would simply look at your spiral-bound notebook calendar with 100% confidence that it's right. Richard Carthon, I'm excited to find out if you're the day, time, and month messiah the world has been waiting for. Welcome out to lunch. All right, thank you very much. <laughs> uh, what an intro, I'll tell you that. Oh, I tell, well, you've always been getting great intros. You were a <laughs> star athlete. These days, when you hear about a great idea like Richard's, you're no longer surprised that super smart people live in New Orleans. But one of the knocks against the local entrepreneurial ecosystem has been that there is no investment money here to fund all these great ideas. To rectify that and to prevent our brain gain from turning into our brain drain, local investment funds have been starting up. The New Orleans Startup Fund was established by a number of well-known business and financial leaders. The fund leverages local and state tax credits to put real money into the hands of local entrepreneurs. The Startup Fund also provides hands-on help and guidance to entrepreneurs who have great ideas but not a great deal of business experience. The president and CEO of the New Orleans Startup Fund is Jimmy Russell. Jimmy, welcome out to lunch. Thanks for having me. Oh, Glad to be here. Richard, Google can apparently create a self-driving car Apple is wealthier than a number of small nations, and yet neither of these giant companies, filled with the greatest software engineers money can buy, can make a simple calendar app that works for everybody. There are some theories that neither Apple or Android want their systems to be compatible, and that's why those calendars don't talk to each other. Even if that conspiracy theory is true, there are thousands of app builders who would love to solve the problem of confounding calendars. How did the one person in the world who has come up with a solution to this problem happen to be you? How did you do it? Yeah, so um, the way that the idea even uh, materialized was uh, back in 2015, while I was at Tulane University, I was a, a dual sport athlete. I played yeah, football, you played and football and baseball. And I, you're kind of a folk hero because you hit that 
last inning hit that beat LSU. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so even if the rest of your life goes south, that's still, it was still <laughs> great. But you were there and you had this idea. Absolutely. And um, I was at a uh, business attorney meeting. I was a part of Alpha Kappa Psi, and I was with uh, four organizations on campus. And so uh, I lived and died by my calendar. If it wasn't on my calendar, then it didn't exist. But on the contrary, I mean, how many times you miss something daily either because it gets lost in email thread or just doesn't find a way to your actual calendar. Um, so at one of these particular meetings, a brother came up to us and asked us, uh, for all the entrepreneurial spirits in the, in the audience, I want all of you to come up with a brand new idea every day for a month. So I said, okay, wow. I'm, I'm gonna do it. And so actually on September 20th, 10 days later, after someone uh, told us to do this, I came up with what would become Follow My Cal. And 29 other things? Yeah. This uh, <laughs> absolutely. Wow. So. And you are kind of a serial entrepreneur. Even in school, you had a couple of uh, plans, at least. Definitely. In my uh, junior year, uh, I, me and uh, some other fellow uh, business fraternity brothers came on and created an application called Bragon. And the idea for this was that people would come on to this uh, space and basically brag about local deals. So you come and tell me, like, oh, man, I got this you know, $1,000 suit for 100 bucks. You'd probably tell them, like, yeah, I got this great deal at so-and-so. So basically people would go on there and brag about local deals, whether it be you know, clothing, food, or what have you, and could, could uh, brag about those things. You're a serial entrepreneur. Were your, um, wh where was home for you originally, by the way? Home is Shreveport, Louisiana. Were your f uh, what'd your folks do? Were they entrepreneurs? Um, actually, my, uh, my parents are in the medical field. They're medical technologists. Um, and my sisters, I have a sister that's a nurse, and I have a sister that is a pharmacist. <laughs> so you, you, you left the medical fold. That's <laughs> a, the, yeah, that, that is a, a good idea. Now, Jimmy, I believe that the New Orleans Startup Fund is modeled after other similar funds in places like Cleveland and Pittsburgh. Cleveland and Pittsburgh aren't typically mentioned in the same way we see New Orleans described in entrepreneurial terms. Here in New Orleans, we have... 56% more startup businesses per capita than the national average. We've been ranked as the number two or number six best city in the country to start a business, depending on which poll you read. What is the similarity in the New Orleans startup fund to investment funds in other cities? And what's the difference? Uh, what is specific to New Orleans that you've created here? Well, the, the fund was originally modeled after Jumpstart in Cleveland, which was an economic development incentive fund so the startup fund is a 501c3. Um, which means what? That's which a is a not-for-profit evergreen venture fund. So all the money that has been donated to the fund has come in the form of a charitable contribution. And we've matched that with federal dollars through the SSBCI program okay. to create a corpus of investment funds. And then we invest in young companies like Richard's. And um, any profits that we receive or... Uh, distributions that we receive as part of that investment rolls right back into the corpus for future companies. So we don't have limited partners like you would find in a right. traditional venture fund, um, but all the money is designed to grow the econ economic environment of the city of New Orleans. And what stage do you come in at? So we are the friends and family you might not have. We are <laughs> seed and pre-seed uh, investors. So very often we are the very first money in deals. I would say and probably over half of our deals were the very first money in. And should I consider this uh, that you're making loans or you're taking an equity piece? No, we, we are equity investors. So we invest typically through either convertible notes or through safe agreements. Uh, safe means structured 
agreement for future equity. We're very early. We try not to value companies because we're getting involved so early in the process that establishing a valuation is next to impossible. So we forego that and we basically invest in the team and the idea. Um, and then our goal is really to get the companies prepped for investment through angel networks or through venture capital later on. But then you don't end it there. You actually go and give them a hand, right? Yeah, no, we, we are very hands-on in the early stages, so we spend a lot of time, and Richard can tell you because he's one of our portfolio Oh, companies, that is so, great. Um, we didn't plan it this way. No, it worked out I was going to actually tell people after you met you funded them, but yes, it's okay, uh, let's see. No, but we are, we are very hands-on. We have a group of mentors that we can marry to young entrepreneurs. Um, we have local uh, lawyers, patent attorneys, uh, accountants, who have offered their services on a discounted or pro bono rate. And so we basically try to get people prepped and ready to go for the angel community. Now, both of you get uh, have been able to work with tax credits in one form or the other. How does, uh, how does that work? Well, the tax credits are a great incentive and sort of sweetener to an investment, but they're not a reason to do an investment, ah. okay? So um, through GNO Inc. or NOLA BA, we can take advantage of a variety of uh, angel tax credits, digital media tax credits, uh, quality jobs credits. Uh, we have a number of programs. So depending on the deal, um, we have resources to sit the entrepreneur and investors down and show them how to leverage the, the best tax credits available to now, them. Now I always hear about digital. Would Richard's company be an example of that? Yeah, did, yeah. he can take advantage of digital media. He can take advantage of the angel tax credits. Richard, um, I listen to this and I keep wondering, do you have a patent? For our uh, For, technology? Yeah. Um, currently we do not, and the reason that we do not is that within doing um, a technical, like an application since we're making a platform, if you will, um, with what you would patent would be the line of code, um, and, and unless a certain function, if you will, uh, if you can find something that's like completely different from what's going on that you can actually patent that. Since we're within the calendar space, it's really hard to find something that hasn't already been made that we're just making better. Um, so in that sense, we're not, I mean, even if you go look at, you know, what Facebook's doing with Snapchat, Facebook's literally stealing everything that they're doing. Um, but then they have patents. Snapchat has a ton of patents. Um, you can't really protect a line of code, if you will. So it's ah, about yeah. being the fastest and it's about having the best services and, and getting the people to really uh, believe in your brand and what you've already established. Can you do it in New Orleans? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm proving that I can do it in New Orleans. Um, you know, having launched my company here and, and staying here, you know, we've, we've grown a ton. I've been able to launch a product that's on iPhone, Android, and we have a desktop version as well. Um, we've been out for a little bit over... Um, a little bit over a month now, we have over a thousand users and we're constantly growing daily. Um, I'm in the process of hiring all my first employee, um, so I'm getting ready to be you know, an employer in the state of Louisiana, so it absolutely can be done here. And, and Richard, you were a business major at Tulane. You weren't like some tech geek, so <laughs> how did it happen and where do you go now? Do you, for instance, the creation of the app, I, right. I assume you didn't do that. I did. You did? So as far as the app itself, the, the building of the app what itself. What are we teaching in the business school? <laughs> I had no idea. So luckily through the pro process of going through BragOn, I learned how to do a lot of things about creating an app. And so when I went to create um, Follow My Cow, I had a lot of the business sense and able to make wireframes and the different things needed to create an entire application. The only thing I can't do is code. So when it came to the actual coding process, I already had like all the wireframes done. I had a business model, business plan, financial model, marketing plan, I had everything ready to go. I just needed fundraising. So from the month of February until about May, 
um, I was trying to find um, who would become my first fundraiser. And luckily, um, I was able to find someone uh, through actually the Tulane Alumni uh, Network. Oh. And he introduced me uh, to another Tulane alum. They became my first investors and go full circle to about a couple months ago is when I came across uh, Jimmy Roussel. Because uh, I, I did some accelerator programs here in New Orleans, um, I did the Idea Village, Idea X program, and that. Well, Richard, for somebody like me that's not very technologically oriented, how does it work? How does it work? Sure, um, the, the application itself, or building it, either. Okay, so, and actually, it's interesting you say that. So, I'm actually started this uh, series called Millennial, and um, I've gone through a step-by-step -step process of how I came up with the idea, all the way to developing the app itself, and even getting my first. So, the first thing you did is you recognized a problem, right? Oh yeah, it absolutely. Is, um, you're having your own problems with the calendar. So, the the first thing I recognized was that I was trying to get all of my life into one place. So, for me to, you know. For me to do my, my sports calendar, my, my coaches had one thing for me to do, then for me to do something for AKSI, that was another calendar, then the school made me use Exchange, and then for something else, I used Google. So I literally had five different calendars I was trying to manage at one point. I wanted a quick way to be able to put everything into one central location, and I couldn't find one. So I was like, I'm gonna make one. And so um, from doing that, uh, Follow My Cows allowed me to put my personal, professional, social events all into one uh, central location. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Peter Raschuti. I'm talking with Richard Carthon, creator of the app Follow My Cal, and Jimmy Russell, president and CEO of the local entrepreneurial investment group, the New Orleans Startup Fund. I've got to ask you, Jimmy, that you get so many people like Richard that, that come to you, um, and yet you've got to figure out who to fund and who not to fund. Are there two or three things that, that just make a company attractive to you? Yeah, so, I mean, like every investor, we invest in... We start primarily with the team and the problem space. So, um, and generally because we're investing so early, the teams generally are one or two people when we first meet them. Uh, and that's not unusual, not uncommon. Um, but the problem is, is it, um, is it a problem that we can identify with? Is it a problem that's worth solving, that people uh, will yeah. pay to solve? Not a pet and peeve. Is it, and is yeah. it going to be a, a big enough uh, problem that other people have the same thing? And so one of the first, you know, when Richard and I sit down or I sit down with any investor, I rarely look at pitch decks right out of the gate. I usually ask them a question right out of the gate, which is, um, you know, you woke up one morning and got really pissed off and wanted to solve a problem. You know, tell me the story of how you got started. And Richard and really good entrepreneurs generally are motivated by something they experienced personally. And they got, you know, fired up and said, I'm going to quit my job and go solve this problem for myself and for others. And those typically are the best companies. Is there a certain personality in a successful entrepreneur? Um, there are certain things we look for. So uh, humility is one. Ah. Uh, perseverance is one. Sort of doggedness and perseverance. Because the life of an entrepreneur is tough. It's a roller coaster. You go up and you go down, and that can change minute to minute. Uh, Richard, I take it you work more than 40 hours a week? Easily. I'd probably say average between 70 and 90. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> And so if you got in this because it was easy, you really made the wrong move. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> That's right. And this is, you know, I always tell young entrepreneurs when we first meet, you know, everybody has a vision of what their product's going to look like. And I say, write that down on a piece of paper, fold it up, put it in an envelope, and shove it in your sock, sock drawer. Um, you'll open that up a year or two from now and laugh at yourself <laughs> because <laughs> the world great. is going to take you in a completely different direction. And no product really survives contact with the first customer. And customers steer you in different directions. And good entrepreneurs listen well and they react to customer and feedback. And don't just 
keep and going and think I'm right, right and customers are wrong? Be the bad entrepreneurs are stuck with a vision and they're right come hell or high water. The good entrepreneurs are, are sort of, have a scientist dispassion. Um, they throw a solution out there, they let the market give them feedback and they adjust accordingly. And over time, that vision will shift and morph and change over and over and over again. And so, where you th may be thinking you're marching from A to B, you may end up at A to Z because customers are taking you in a completely different direction. And I, I looked at, uh, Jimmy, I looked at your board, it's kind of a who's who. You've got Leslie Jacobs, Matt Wisdom, Michael Heck, Rick Rees. Yep. You've got uh, Kimberly Lewis Robinson from Jones Walker. I mean, uh, what makes, that's taken up their time, uh, what brings them in? Yeah, the passion for New Orleans, actually. These are um, leaders in the community. They want to see New Orleans succeed. They understand that young entrepreneurs, to prevent the brain drain, uh, they have to have a viable um, ecosystem in which to succeed. And access to capital was a big issue about four or five years ago. And We've come a long way since, um, and access to early stage capital is really mitigated a little bit because there are a lot more angel investors and organized angel groups the, what we're facing today is sort of a later stage access to capital. Um, that's the next big thing we'll be addressing. And how big is your pool of money? Well, we have about um, $2 million of investable funds. Uh, so far we've invested 1.75 million of that, and we have been matched by over 30 million of follow-on capital. Now how does that part work? So, for example, we would put up say in a $500,000 round, we would put up $50,000 and attract another $450,000 of individuals or professional uh -huh. venture money. And so over the life of the fund, we've invested 1.75 million. We've had 30 million in follow-on or partner investors alongside of us. So we achieve a leverage ratio of about 17 to one. You know, I, I, Richard, you've got these sources of uh, funds and all taken a little piece of equity. How do you get at what stage do you think I'm giving the company away and, uh, and it's not mine anymore? Do you have it figured out there? Um, at a later stage, um, so it, it depends on what your exit's trying to be. So are you trying to IPO, you're trying to um, sell your company via uh, acquisition, merger, what have you. Um, in so your business, typically it would be selling the company correct. off. Correct, uh, um, that's, that's the end game. Um, I want to be there when Google brings you that big styrofoam check. That's oh man, a, that'd be great. That's going to be, be emotional. Isn't no, it? it'd be wonderful. <laughs> it'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the goal. I mean, there is a company um, somewhat similar uh, to what, um, we, we're, what we're doing. They're called Sunrise. They came out in 2013, and they're acquired by Microsoft for about $100 million um, after two Whoa. years. So I it's, think there'll be a dorm named after you if you did that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's definitely a goal, and uh, wow. just working to get there. Jeez, that is, uh, now Jimmy, um, when, when I'm looking at what you're, what you're doing in here, um, I think people are saying, you know, you've got this money, you still have extra money. Um, how do I get in the loop? I've got an idea. Do, I, is, do you have like a monthly meeting where everybody comes and makes a pitch or? No, what we do is it's actually pretty straightforward. We have a website and we have a submission form. You basically give us your you know, name, address, city, state, zip kind of thing and um, submit a very uh, simple pitch deck or one page summary or whatever. Um, we then pre-screen you for our criteria for the fund. So we don't do, um, we're limited to the 10 parish region around New Orleans that mirrors Geno Inc.'s footprint. Okay. Um, we don't do any sin related things. So we don't do gambling or bars and restaurants. 
We don't do real estate development. Is that a sin, real estate development? Uh, no, it's <laughs> it might be. To some Different folks. category. All right. um, and then we don't do um, we don't do low growth companies. So we define high growth companies as a company that has the potential to do ten million dollars of revenue within five years. So based on that screening criteria, we say, are you eligible or you're not eligible? If you're eligible, we sit down with you for an hour and we just do a, a one hour session where we just talk to you. Um, we don't look at pitch decks, we just have a conversation like we're having here, yep. uh, and we look at the opportunity. And if we think we can add value, uh, in both in, in, in investment terms uh, and value to the company, uh, we'll take you on as a prospective investee and run you through our process. And Richard, what's in your, um, what's in your pitch book or pitch deck? Um, in what regard? Is it, uh, what, what kind of things do you think uh, Jimmy wants to see? They want to uh, be able to see your, your timeline. They want to see where you are right now and where you see this company being long term. They want to know um, what your end game is too. They, uh, investors want to know how they're going to get their money back. If I give you my money, how am I going to get my money back and get a 10x return? Uh, that's, at the end of the day, that's what businesses want. They want to be able to get a return on their investment. So it's basically showing them your strategy and your game plan of how you're going to go and attack the market, grow your company, make money, and then be able to get them the return that they're initially giving you at this earlier stage. Wow. I can see why you were, what was that big award you got? You were named in the conference as the Scholar Athlete of the Year? Yes. That is pretty, wait till they see this. <laughs> you're going to get something else. One of the visions for 21st century New Orleans is that all entrepreneurial people who live here now will attract capital investors and the money that's generated from these local startups will eventually deliver a Google or a Facebook that will be as big for the city as Mardi Gras or Jazz Fest. This vision says that this huge success will in turn make a gigantic difference to the local economy and bring with it societal changes, for example, in crime and education. That will transform New Orleans into the city everybody wants it to be. Richard and Jimmy, no pressure, but if this is ever going to happen, you two might be the guys to deliver on this promise. <laughs> Thank you both for taking the time to join me today on Out to Lunch. Thank, Thank you, you very much. much. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Richard Carthon, he's CEO and founder of Follow My Cal, and Jimmy Roussel, president and CEO of the New Orleans Startup Fund. You can find out more about Richard's app and Jimmy's fund by following the links on our websites. It's neworleans.com and wwno.org. Our show is recorded live over lunch at Commander's Palace in New Orleans. Commander's Palace serves lunch Monday through Friday, jazz brunch on Saturday and Sunday, with live music and dinner seven nights a week. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our researcher is Matthew Ellison. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. Mitch's music is available wherever great jazz is sold, streamed, or stolen. And at MitchellForeman.com. You can get the show as a podcast. You can listen to past shows. And you can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites, www.no.org and itsneworleans.com. If you want to know what we look like, and honestly, who doesn't, you can find photos from this show on our website and Facebook page. These photos were taken today by Allison Moon. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com and WWNO 89.9 FM. I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Commander's Palace for more business New Orleans style on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com.
Additional support comes from Luba Workers Comp. Want the bank named Gambit's best local financial institution for 2016? Then you want Whitney Bank with nearly 200 locations across the Gulf South. So stop by today. Learn more at HancockWhitney.com. Member FDIC.